All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Chinese Church in Christ South Valley. Good to see you all. Um, if I haven't met you before, my name is Dan. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm glad, glad to see everyone this morning. Um, last week, I missed you all. Uh, my grandma was born on January 2nd, uh, 90 years ago, so we were celebrating her 90th birthday. Um, it was a great time for our family to be together. And uh, because of that, you missed my usual New Year's rant, which I'm going to give you this morning anyway, even though it's a week later. But speaking of new things in, new year, in, in a new year, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Andrew, our brother Andrew came back from traveling for a long time. And actually, this morning at 9.30 in our sanctuary, Andrew and Oksana got married. So let's give them a hand. Yeah, all right. It was great when you came back, Andrew, and introduced Oksana as your fiance, but now we can no longer call her that. So we're grateful to uh, just be able to celebrate with you both. And um, I don't think we've ever had a wedding like right before the service started. So that's a first, but that's exciting. Um, and so uh, speaking of, uh, that's just a great thing that I think lines up with the fact that we're in a new year. Um, I'm very excited to uh, share on today's passage um, because I'm also going to be introducing our 2023 church theme. And I'll tell you a little bit more about the process for um, how we come up with our church theme for year to year. So before that, a little quiz. Who remembers what our theme was for 2022? Does anyone remember? Speak up, Joshua. I hear you. You were right. I think this is the first time we've had a church theme where one year later, someone still remembers it. Yeah, good, good. And I'm gonna say more about that as we get into today's passage, but many times we have a church theme and then we do a message on it, and then by the month of February, we've forgotten it. That was not the case last year. Last year, if you remember, um, we didn't introduce our church theme till the end of January. And the reason for that was, as our elders were getting together to pray about and think about what our church theme would be, they needed more time than just having it ready at the very like turn of the calendar, which speaks to me because my rant against New Year's and New Year's resolutions is that, you know, it's a very arbitrary, it feels forced that there's one day where we're like, okay, now we're gonna make all these new resolutions, when honestly, we could be doing that all the time, 100% of the time. But I was really glad that they took their time last year to come up with that theme. Because if some of us still remember it today, then I think God has been speaking to us about how not to be anxious. And for everything we've been through, through the pandemic and how different our world looks in the last several years, I think that was a very timely theme for us as a church, not to be anxious. And I know because we did a whole sermon series on it, not just one, and the fact that some of us still remember it to this day, I do really think that helped myself and some of you others as well not to be as anxious as we might be in our normal lives. And that's why our church themes are important, which is kind of ironic because I rant against New Year's all the time because in some ways it's kind of the same thing, right? It's like, you know, you have your New Year's resolutions, but each year I find it very important that we have a theme as a church. And the way our theme came about this year um, in our normal staff meetings uh, with Daniel and Enoch and I and, and Enoch's dad, Uncle Rupert, our senior pastor, we asked him, have you and the elders thought about a theme for 2023? And this was in mid-December. 
And so last year, if you remember, the elders spent some time. They spent a couple meetings talking about it and praying about it. And God put do not be anxious from Philippians 4.4 on their hearts as, as our theme. That same night that we had talked about this in our meeting, in mid-December, we had our once-a-month watchman meeting. Our watchman meeting is our meeting of our elders, our deacons, our staff, all the leaders in our church, and we get together once a month to um, pray together, to plan for how God is leading us. And that night, just several hours later, after we had had that morning meeting on Zoom, Uncle Rupert had said, our theme for the next year, uh, the idea that he had come up with, was put out into deep water. And that theme comes from the passage where Jesus uh, helps Peter miraculously catch all the fish. If you've grown up here in our church or if you've grown up in a church somewhere, you're probably familiar with that passage. Um, but it comes from the calling of when Peter first became a disciple. And so that's what, what passage we're going to look at today. I want to read those verses so we can see where this theme comes from. And today's message is going to be unpacking that theme. And I really think it's going to be hopefully just as helpful to us in this year as the theme of do not be anxious was for us last year. So in Luke chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 4, um, Jesus has been speaking and teaching and there's been crowds of people wanting to hear about uh, what he's had to say. But then starting in Luke chapter 5, uh, in verse 4, it says this. And this is where our theme verse for the year comes from. And when he, he speaking of Jesus, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. This is God's word. Let's pray. God, we thank you um, for the ways you were so faithful to us in this past year. God, we know uh, the last couple years have been anything but easy for us. And Lord, I thank you for the ways that you spoke to us um, through the theme of not being anxious in 2022. God, I pray that these verses that we just read would be speaking to us, not just today, but that we could see that when you are calling us out into deep water, that that would mean that our lives are never the same. And Lord, I pray that we would experience this truth and this power of knowing you and seeing where you are leading us in this coming year. So we just ask now, Lord, would we have open hearts to what your word wants to say to us this morning. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, if you are a part of our youth group, we have watched a TV show called The Chosen. And uh, part of that was because some of you loved it. That's why you're cheering right now, even though it's been months since we watched it. Um, when we were meeting on Zoom for many months, and we had played all the online games together that exist in the world, and we ran out of ideas for what to do on Zoom, we started watching this show called The Chosen. The Chosen is a crowdsourced, uh, kind of funded show that is attempting to kind of retell the story of Jesus and his disciples. They are on their third season. If you just Google it, they have their own website. Um, the first two seasons have been completed for a couple years now, and we have watched them as a youth group. And one particular episode was about this passage, where Jesus is teaching, there's a large crowd, and then Peter, all of a sudden, he's out fishing all night, he catches nothing, he's incredibly discouraged, and then he has this interaction with Jesus. And um, I remember watching that episode um, the day before we had youth group, because I would always watch it beforehand so we could think about how are we going to discuss this like after we watch it. And watching that passage really, like honestly, moved me to tears when I saw it. It was so powerful when all these fish just show up. 
And there's something extremely powerful about this passage that I think makes it a great theme. And I see why God put this on Uncle Rupert's heart for us here in 2023. Um, If you're familiar with this, uh, many of you are probably familiar with this passage. If you ever went to VBS as a child, that's where the song Fishers of Men comes from, right? I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. How many of you remember that song? It's like uh, a few who are closer to my age. Okay, that's good. Um, I want to clear up a misconception of what this passage, what we might think this passage means. When Jesus says, Peter, go out to the deep water to catch the fish, um, I'm going to go into more detail on this once we get going into our our three points, but sometimes we can over-allegorize things in the Bible. And we might think, okay, deep water, deeper water is riskier than shallower water. It might be scarier than shallower water. And so that might be, this might be a way of thinking, God wants me to take risks or get out of my comfort zones in this year. That might be true, but I actually don't think that's exactly what this passage is getting at. And we'll see that in a minute. Um, But we understand that when a new year comes and when we make resolutions, we might have things that we might want to, like, get out of our comfort zones in or take a risk. Uh, Many of you guys are not going to understand what I'm going to say next, but you know that um, I play golf. That's one of my favorite things to do. And there's this concept in golf called laying up. And what that means is if you don't think you are confident enough to get the ball all the way to the hole, you just hit the shot that's a little easier. So it's like the safer shot, right? But in order to get a lower score, sometimes the risk-reward factor is, okay, if I go for it, like it might actually turn out to be an amazing thing, right? And so watching my, uh, watching my dad play golf with some of his friends, uh, my dad is about my height, and some of his friends that he played golf with for many years were like over six feet, and used to play baseball and could hit the ball a lot farther than him, and they would always like make fun of him for hitting the safe shot. But then they, and they, they would call it Matsuoka golf, like don't be a chicken, like try to hit it far, right? And then they would add up the scores at the end and my dad would usually beat them and they'd be like really mad about it. Um, but there was that risk reward thing uh, that is going on in that. And many of you are like, Dan, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't play golf, this doesn't make sense. But the idea is you might've heard someone say this when you're making a decision. You might've heard the phrase, go big or go home, right? Or no guts, no glory, right? Those kinds of things where there's this risky element that sometimes that risk is worth it. And if our theme involves going out into deep water or seeing that that is Jesus's instruction for Peter, we might think, God is calling me to take a risk this year. That might be true, but I actually don't think that's the main point of the passage. There's a deeper point that we're going to get into in a moment. God could be calling you to take a risk in 2023. But when he says put out into deep water, I think there's actually something more specific that God is calling all of us to do. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And so um, our three points for this morning, when we think about this passage and when we think about deep water, are going to be these. First, we need to define it. When Jesus calls Peter to go into the deep water, if the deep water is kind of the central image that we're focusing on, we want to talk about what deep water is, why we should go into it, and what stops us. Those are going to be the three points that we see from today's passage. So first, what is deep water? How are we going to define it? If you're, if you're, if you're sitting there thinking, Dan, you're saying it's not necessarily about taking a risk, what does it mean when Jesus calls Simon Peter to go out into the deep water? And so if we go back to these verses that we, re- that we read earlier, 
Jesus is finished speaking, and then he comes across Simon Peter. Simon Peter's in his boat. Jesus is further away, and Simon Peter's been fishing all night, and we'll see that in a moment. And he's discouraged. He hasn't caught anything. Um, And then Jesus gives him this instruction in verse 4. Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now think about this for a moment. Um, Why should Simon Peter listen to Jesus in this moment? If you know anything about Simon Peter's background, he is a fisherman by trade. And what does he say in verse 5? He says, Master, we have worked all night. We've been fishing all night. Chances are where Jesus is telling him to go and put his nets down, they have been there and they haven't caught any fish. And so why should Simon Peter, it's not that he hasn't tried this area or he hasn't tried to catch fish all night, but why should he listen to Jesus? He is a professional fisherman and Jesus is here giving him instruction on where to go catch fish. Um, he's not here this morning. Many of you know Pastor Peter Nottenell, the pastor of Operation Dawn, the gospel rehab ministry that we partner with. You've heard him preach before. And um, if you know anything about Pastor Peter, he is the best fisherman I have ever seen in my life. Some of you have gone with us when we've gone fishing, and you've had this experience where there might be like seven to ten of us fishing using the same exact fishing pole, setup, bait, reel, and somehow magically only Pastor Peter seems to catch all the fish, and we can't like figure out why. He's just like so magical at it, right? In this passage, like this would kind of be like me being someone who likes fishing, but I'm not very good at it, like telling Pastor Peter, hey, did you try this? Like, why don't you go fish over there? If I, I would never say that to Pastor Peter because he is a master fisherman, right? Like, I just, if he speaks, I listen and I just try to follow his, his instructions and I still don't catch any fish. But that's, he's like, this would be like someone who doesn't have the, the expertise or so you would think. You might say, okay, Jesus, he's the son of God. He's a pretty smart dude. And that's true. But for Peter, as he is getting to know Jesus, he is a professional fisherman. He's tried everything. He's caught nothing. And Jesus says, why don't you go out there and put your nets down? And it's pretty amazing how Peter responds. Because he says, it's not like we haven't tried. We've been working all night. But he says, but at your word, I will let down the nets. In other words, he's saying, Jesus, because you say so, I'm going to go give this a try. Now, if this is our theme verse for this year, um, we want to, like I said earlier, we want to be careful about not over-allegorizing the passage. The deep, deep water, we might think it's something scary. It might be something that involves risks. That could be true. But when we talk about Jesus calling Peter to go into the deep water, we want to define the deep water as this, this morning. It's listening to God's voice. It's not just merely the idea of taking a risk or getting out of your comfort zones. God could be calling you to that in this year. God could be calling you to some of those specific things. But if we really want to get down to the basics of how we relate to God and live out our Christian faith, really it's all about listening to God's voice and obeying. And that's what Peter does here. Probably against all like his thinking because he is a professional fisherman, but he hears Jesus' voice and he says, we've been working all night, but you know what, Jesus? Because you say so, I'm going to do it. And this must have been really hard for Peter because He would have had, you know, like we said, a lot of expertise as a fisherman, and he kind of has to go against all his instincts and just listen to what Jesus has to say. 
And I think what we're going to see in the passage and when we think about Peter's life is that it's actually, it's totally worth it to do that. And that's the key part in the second half of verse 5 where he says, but at your word, I will let down the nets. Um, If you've been to our church for a long time, you know I love preaching about this passage. It's at least the third or fourth time I've preached on this passage. But this year it's a little different because it's our church theme, right? And I totally wonder about Peter's tone of voice when he says, Jesus, at your word, I will let down my nets. Is he saying it like out of frustration? Like, okay, Jesus, I guess because you say so, like I'll put down your nets. If I've been fishing all day and someone tries to give me advice, I haven't caught anything and then someone says that, it's probably how I would respond. We don't know what Peter's tone of voice is. It's very interesting. But we have to ask the question, why would Peter listen to Jesus if he's a professional fisherman? That's going to get us, it's kind of a preview for our second point, but before we get there, because I think there's multiple reasons why we want to listen to the voice of God in this year, we can first see, why did Peter listen? It's not only that, like, it's not just that Jesus, like, probably wouldn't have the same level of expertise, at least from a human perspective. I mean, he is the son of God. But something happened in Peter's life in the previous chapter that at least gives him some reason for why he might want to listen to Jesus in this moment. He probably is thinking, what does Jesus know about fishing? But he, he has seen how Jesus has worked powerfully before. If you go back to the last chapter in Luke chapter 4, this is really important context for how it sets up to this interaction that Jesus has with Simon Peter. We see that Jesus healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And so Peter might be thinking, like, what does he know about fishing? But he does know that Jesus has some kind of power that's worth paying attention to. If you go back to chapter 4 in verses 38 and 39, it says this. And he, again, speaking of Jesus, he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him, Jesus, on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. I think this is really important because without this happening prior to this conversation that Peter has with Jesus out on the open water, I don't know how willing he would have been to listen to Jesus's instruction. But when he is obedient to listening to God's voice, what Jesus has to say to him, we see that the that the uh, we see what what happens with the miraculous catch of fish, and it changes his, his life not in the ways that you might immediately expect. But what we'll see is that Peter's life is never the same again. And so for us in this year, before we move on to the second point about why it's a good idea for us to listen, can we all ask ourselves this morning, how much do I listen to the voice of God? Is that something I'm used to doing? Is it something I've never done? Is it something I I want to try to do in this year? And that's why I'm so thankful that God put this passage on Elder Rupert's heart. Because at the start of the year, even though like I'll rant against New Year's resolutions, I realize that's a really important question for me to ask myself. And I think if we are going to experience the power of God in our lives in this year, it's an important question for all of us to ask. What is it like when God speaks? And when he does, Am I obedient? See, it's really powerful that Jesus gives Peter this direction. He's seen him miraculously heal his mother-in-law. I think that's why he listens. But it's very powerful that Peter not only listens, but he also obeys. And I really think that's what the heart of Jesus calling us into deep water is all about. 
It's not only about taking a risk. It's not about just simply about getting out of our comfort zones. It may be if that's what he's calling you to do. But it's simply about hearing God's voice and then listening to how he is leading us. And I think that is the heart of what our theme is all about, being obedient to the voice of God, whether it be him speaking to us through the Holy Spirit or him speaking to us through God's word. It's always a good idea for us to reset our minds and think, how am I hearing from God in this coming year? And we'll say more about that as we keep on going. Can I share something that God's been speaking to Daniel and I as we think about uh, just kind of the direction of our church? It's been an interesting couple of years. We didn't see each other for a while during the pandemic. And then it's been, for many people, there are still struggles that we have kind of reconnecting with the church life and being a part of the church. Um, Something that Daniel and I have been talking about for more than half a year that we want to announce is going to be restarting coming soon, is we feel God is calling us to restart our English Sunday school ministry. We have not done that since, like officially as a Sunday school, I think the last time was like seven or eight years ago. If you remember the history of how our English congregation has met, um, when Fred, our previous pastor, was here for a while, we met at 9.30 in the sanctuary before the Chinese service, and then we would have small groups to discuss the, the message after that. Some of you who are in college or even graduated from college, you remember being in the youth group small groups afterwards when there's no room in the church, and we would go discuss the sermon over at the park, right, because there was no room because the, the church building was a lot more full back then at that time. And so, and after that, when we moved our service back to 11 a.m., we had our English ministry prayer meeting from the first hour, kind of before the service, up until 11 a.m. And I think that was a really wonderful time for us to pray together, for us to share prayer requests, and just pray together in a variety of ways. And as we've seen, there are multiple ways where we can meet together during the week to pray together. And so this time slot, we feel like, has been something that God has put on our hearts because we feel like it's very important. If we want to know the word of God, then we, are, we want to restart the, the Sunday school ministry that we've had many years before. When I first started as a youth pastor 10 years ago, some of you all were in that youth Sunday school. And you may not remember anything that we studied from, from God's word, but I remember that being, I think you actually do remember more than you think. But that was such a wonderful time of fellowship, looking into God's word, growing us closer together to one another, but also uh, in our relationship with God. And so at the start of February, in just a couple weeks, uh, before the service, we haven't set the exact time. We're still working out some of the details. It'll be something like 9.30 or 10 a.m. We're going to be having two Sunday schools before our service, one for the adults, one for the youth. And I want to encourage you all to come and join us for that. And part of Part of the reason of why we're doing it, we feel like it would be good for us as a community. We feel like it would be good for us as individuals. But most importantly, it's something that Daniel and I have been talking about and praying about for a while. And we feel like God is saying, now is the time. More people are in the church building um, as a result of us kind of learning more about the pandemic and um, how to safely come and be a part of of in-person gatherings. And you know what? We could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe it's not the right time, but we feel that God is calling us to say, we want to restart this. And so if that's a way where God might be calling you to grow in a deeper relationship with him, his word, his people, we want to invite you to come to that starting in February. And we think it'll be a really great time. 
And as it relates to this passage, part of that is, this is something, as I mentioned, that Daniel and I have discussed quite a bit. We feel like God is calling us to it, and so we want to announce that this morning. And not during the usual time of announcements, but to say, this is one way that we want to apply what our church theme is this year, where we can do something that might be a little bit out of the norm or something we haven't done in a while, but we think that it's very important. And so that's, uh, we believe it's, it's not necessarily going to be easy. Um, during the years of, of our church, during the pandemic, um, I think a lot of people have had concerns about uh, coming to church in person or how much they might be able to serve. The challenges with having a Sunday school ministry is um, if, if, if it's going to thrive and, and do well, it can't just be Daniel and I leading it and teaching it every week, but we'll need help from some of you in a time where I think many of us have been tired or have a lot of challenges in our lives. I'll say more about that in our third point. Um, but we want to at least, uh, we believe that even though it won't be easy, that it's worth it. And so speaking of things that are worth it, that leads, it, that leads us to our second point for this morning. If the deep water represents God speaking to us and us wanting to be obedient to his calling, the second thing we want to see in this passage is why we should even do it. Why should we go out into the deep water? We saw a little bit how Peter had some context because he had seen how Jesus had healed his mother-in-law. And we want to commend Peter for his obedience. But here is why, as Rupert was sharing, us, sharing this theme with us in our Watchman meeting, he said the reason this passage stuck out to him was after Peter was obedient to the calling of Jesus, his life was never the same. And if you read through the Gospels and you see the trajectory of Peter's life, it doesn't mean it was perfect, it doesn't mean it was easy, but we see that Peter's life was never the same. And if we want to experience that same thing, this is why we can't be resistant to following God's voice when he speaks to us. If a lot of us feel stuck in the doldrums of life somehow or just the challenges that we've faced, hearing God's voice and listening to him, I really believe that our lives will never be the same. And I think many of us have had that experience in our own lives. So what do we mean by this, that his life wasn't the same? Let's keep reading in the passage. Starting in verse 6, after Peter has said, okay, Jesus, because you say so, I'll let down my nets. Verse 6 says this, when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so much that they began to sink. And so Peter, listening to Jesus' direction, not only does he catch enough fish where his boat starts to sink, but his friends, James and John, who will also become disciples of Jesus, they see what's going on and they see like this miraculous catch of fish. If you've ever been fishing before, like this is something that happens. If you're not catching fish and then someone else, somewhere else is like close by is catching fish, you like try to like, you know, like, uh, like discreetly, like try to get closer to them so you can like, you know, catch fish also, even though they may not want you right next to them. And I read this passage and it's like, I think about all the times I've gone fishing or uh, gone crabbing and it's like, I would love for this to happen. Like if I'm lucky, I usually like catch like one thing and I'm like proud of myself for catching one thing. But it's like, I can imagine a day where I actually catch like 10 fish and I'd be so excited. But when you read this passage, it's like, no, the boat was overflowing. And that's what moved me to tears when I saw this like, in, depicted in The Chosen. I had read about it, but to see it done in screenplay, uh, screenplay form was really amazing. And so it shows that Jesus was kind of right in directing Peter where to go and fish. But that's actually not the part of the passage that amazes me. That part comes next. 
In verse 8, it says this, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. This is the start of Peter's life never being the same. And it always fascinated me because, like, my mind is like, yo, what happened to all the fish? Like, you just left them? Like, you just had the best catch of fish in your life. Like, the most excitement that you probably have had in a long time from, like, doing your job and doing it well. And you're just going to leave it? And the reason Peter does that is he sees there is something that is even more important and even more powerful that is worth following. And that is following Jesus to where he's going to lead him next. It's amazing. That part amazes me. And this is why when Rupert went through this passage with us in our Watchman meeting, he said, as a result of Peter's obedience to Jesus and making this decision to follow him, his life was never the same. I believe that's true for us when we listen to God's voice and we are obedient. I believe our lives are never the same. Now, if you're anything like me, sometimes it doesn't feel like that's true. We might think, I've tried to follow God in certain ways, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like my life is any different, um, or there's other, there's other things. And if you read on in the Gospels, I think you can clearly see Peter's life is, in fact, never the same. It doesn't mean it's easy. It leads to trials. It leads to persecution. It actually even leads to him eventually losing his own life after Jesus has died on the cross. Peter is crucified in a similar fashion for his faith. But when you read about the experiences of Peter throughout the Gospels and the book of Acts, you see the life of a man who was forever changed as a result of making this decision to follow Jesus. And if we hear the voice of God, it's because we have a relationship with him. Um, we talked at length about how the Bible uh, shares with us that when we believe, when we put our faith in God, then we have the Holy Spirit. And that is how God communicates with us. It is a way where we are able to hear his voice. It's not the only way that we hear his voice. I think we hear his voice through scripture as well. We might hear God speaking to us through other believers that we trust but we are also able to hear the voice of God because of our faith in him. And so if we would say, Dan, I've been trying to follow God for a long time, but my life hasn't really changed, I would say it probably means one of two things for us. Perhaps we think we've put our faith in God, but perhaps we haven't fully trusted him with our lives. And if that's where you are, that's totally fine. It's a great place to be because at least we're thinking about it. And what I would suggest to you, if you want to have this relationship with God where your life is never the same, I urge you to talk to someone here. It doesn't have to be Daniel or myself. It could be someone else who you know has a living relationship with God who can help show you what that is like. Because I believe there are people that I get to like, go to church here with whose lives have not been the same because they've made a choice to follow God. And it's a really amazing thing. And if you feel like you've never experienced that, we would love to talk through that with you, whether that's Daniel or myself or one of the elders or, or just even someone else that you find trustworthy that has a relationship with God. It could also, it could also be this. Um, at Sometimes I've grown up going to church, and this passage speaks to me right now 
as much as it needs to speak to anyone else. Because there are times that I forget how much different and also how much better my life is as a result of following God. Sometimes I get distracted and I lose focus. And that's why I'm so thankful that God put this, this uh, theme upon Elder Rupert's heart. Because thinking through this passage over the last couple weeks after he shared it with us has really kind of re-excited me about my relationship with God. And so if we've heard God's voice before, and if we've been obedient to him in the ways we see that Peter is obedient, our lives truly should never be the same. And that's why this is such a good theme for us this year. And if you think back to last year's theme about not being anxious, I said earlier, I do think by having this theme, I was able to give my anxieties up to God a little bit more than maybe I had done in the past. And that's why this is such an important theme for us in this year. If we listen to the voice of God and we are obedient, I truly believe our lives will be similar to Peter. That might sound crazy when you read about the experiences that Peter has in God's word, but I really believe that can be true for us in our lives as well if we listen to the voice of God. Our lives are not meant to be the same. And if this is true for Peter, it makes me ask the question then, what stops me from, in a sense, going out into the deep water? And what I mean by that, what stops me from listening to God's voice? And I think there's two ways that I want to talk about that this morning, because I'm, I'm sure this, has, this applies to us in, in one or both of the ways that I'm about to share. I think the first thing that might stop us here in our final point of thinking about what stops us from going into the deep water, first, it's got to be our self-confidence. And I think you see that on display in the passage. Like for Peter, he could have said, yo, Jesus, I'm a fisherman. Like if I fished all night and I didn't catch anything, there's no fish out there in the deep water. He is relying on his own way of thinking. He's an, he thinks he's the expert in the subject and the voice of the son of God has no bearing on what he might say. So imagine for a second that you are a software engineer. Some of you in this room don't have to imagine it. You're like, Dan, I live it. That's my, that's my life, right? But imagine for a second that you are a software engineer. And imagine having trouble taking care of a big project that's super important, um, that your work depends on, and you pray and you ask God for help. And somehow God answers you and he says, have you tried this? And in all of your expertise of coding, there's something that you've missed where you didn't try it. And you, for some reason, God reveals a different solution to you and you listen and it works, and your project is saved, it thrives, everyone at the company is praising you because you did it well, and you say, thank you so much, Lord, you helped me figure it out, now I got it from here. Like, I can take care of the next one, when God was the one who provided the answer. Now, I am not a software engineer under any circumstances, the way I even, like, I don't know, put together that whole hypothetical might be completely wrong, because I don't know the first thing about software engineering. But I realize I need this passage and this scenario because there are many times that I do this as a pastor where I, I, I realize, God, I need your help getting through this season of ministry. Like things are tough. I don't know like what decisions we're supposed to make or how we should go about doing things. And miraculously, in the same way where Peter had the previous experience of Jesus healing his mother-in-law, I have seen God come through over and over and over again. And yet my usual thinking at that point is, Okay, God, you got me back on track. I could take it from here. I got this. I could figure it out. Thanks for the help. And that's because I think I know best. And that is a weakness that we all have as human beings, where we think we know the right way to do things. 
This is very true living in Silicon Valley. This is very true being highly educated. Many of us are in leadership positions because we've had a lot of schooling. We have like very smart intellect like in this room. There are a lot of people who are way smarter than I am, a lot of really capable people. And oftentimes that stops us from hearing God's voice because we are so self-confident, because we are so capable. We think we know best. Peter allows the direction of God the deep water that God calls him into, to lead him to eventually leave everything. So in that hypothetical, it'd be like you just like discovered like, you know, the new, newest way that technology is going to turn and like somehow God revealed that to you and you're getting all kinds of crazy stop, stock options and you're set for life. But then you realize there's actually something worth way more than all of that. And that's got to be what it's like for Peter to have made this choice that he did to follow Jesus. And so I think our self-confidence oftentimes stops us from hearing the voice of God. And it's important for us to self-reflect at the start of this new year, even though I'm anti-New Year's resolution, and say, perhaps God wants to lead me in a different way, and am I open to it? The second thing that I think stops us from listening to God's voice is what we've been through. And uh, I want to pivot to a verse that Daniel and I have been reading and praying about and discussing off and on for probably more than a year, because I think it really speaks to what we've experienced during the course of the pandemic. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, but I think it sheds some light on why we might not listen to the voice of God. And so as Paul is writing this to the Thessalonian brothers and sisters, um, he is talking about the second coming of Jesus. Uh, there's a lot of persecution that God's people are experiencing as they try to establish a new ministry in Thessalonica. There is a lot of kind of chaos and uncertainty about the future that they are experiencing. Does that sound familiar at all from our world in the last couple of years? And so the encouragement that Paul gives the church leaders in Thessalonica is this. He wants them to encourage their people in the following ways. And he says this in chapter 5, verse 14. He says, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. And if there are three kind of categories that we see of these people who need patience, I think these are things that we might have been through in the past several years that might make it hard for us to hear God's voice. And to be honest about it and to be able to like, kind of reflect on these things, I think helps us move out of a place where we have been weak, we have been hurt, we have been challenged, to get ourselves in a place where we might be able to hear the voice of God and follow his direction. First, Paul says to admonish the idol. Um, when you read this passage in the original language, you might, uh, you might think idol means lazy. Like this is Paul calling out the Thessalonian Christians like, don't be lazy, go to church, read your Bible, like things that you've probably heard people say before. But that word is not the way Paul is actually using it. The, the Greek word for idol here, uh, it means the word disorderly or undisciplined. And you might say like that's similar to, to laziness, but when, um, when, you read about, uh, when you read about the origins of that word, it really has the, uh, the context of like, I know what's right and I'm just choosing not to do it. Like that's kind of what Paul is getting at. And he's saying, look, for the, those who are a part of the church who are, dis, uh, who are undisciplined in their Christian faith, they need to be gently and lovingly told like how to come back to follow the truth. 
It's not idle in the sense of lazy. It's idle in the sense of not experiencing the kingdom of God because you might know what's good, but for whatever reason, you choose not to do that. And I know I'm guilty of that all the time. And that's why this passage is such a great reminder for me to see that if there are ways that we know, like things in our lives that are getting in the way of our relationship with God, we want to confess them, receive his forgiveness, find help if we need them, like someone to pray for us, if there is a sin that we are really struggling with, or if there's a situation that's always on our mind that consumes our thoughts, there are brothers and sisters in the body of Christ who can help us get back on track. But really being obedient to God's voice, like that's a huge part of it. If we are going our own way, that's what builds our self-confidence to say, God, I don't really need to listen to you. So that's the first thing that Paul says. Second, he says, to encourage the faint-hearted. And I think many of us have experienced that during the course of the pandemic. Uh, Gene Green, who is one of the leading commentators on the books of Thessalonians, he says in his commentary that what he meant by faint-hearted, how the people would have understood it in the Thessalonian church, would be people who were on the verge of just giving up all hope. And they were giving up hope because of the adversity that they had faced, the persecution of going to church. They were giving up hope because of the death of loved ones in their community in a time where a lot of people around them were being persecuted, maybe even put to death, or also just uh, losing loved ones in another way. And if you've been around our church for the last couple of years, you know we've experienced our fair share of tragedy in a lot of ways. And so we need to be encouraged. That's why Paul says to the, to the leaders in Thessalonians, encourage the faint-hearted. If you are faint-hearted and if you feel like giving up, if there have been things in your life that are hard, I urge you, ask someone to pray for you. Find a listening ear, someone who can help talk you through it. So that, that so the things, the hard things that many of us have experienced, do not stop us from listening to the voice of God. And I believe there are trustworthy and caring people who are here, who are around you, who might be able to help encourage you if you are faint-hearted this morning. And then finally, he says, help the weak. And uh, commentators are kind of split on what this word weak is referring to, and they offer several possibilities. It could be someone who's weak in just their physical health. And uh, for many of us, maybe we have experienced uh, some kind of effects of the last couple of years. The flu season has been insane because after years of not going out, now all the germs are circulating again. I know I had it in November, and I just like, felt like I had never had the flu before in my life. Um, so it could mean people who are physically, or physically sick among them. It could mean weak people in terms of being in need, in material need. And if you drive around in Silicon Valley, you can see that during the pandemic, there's a lot of people who may have been out of work and a lot of people who, uh, it seems like there are more people out on the streets than there were before. And there are people who are in need of help. And also finally, it could be people who are weak just from a lack of confidence in their relationship with God. It's not totally clear what Paul meant here and commentators have offered these different, uh, these different possibilities. But in any case, I would say it's similar to when Paul says, encourage the faint-hearted. There are ways where maybe our physical health or our mental health or our spiritual health has deteriorated during the pandemic. And the reason I want to call attention to all those things is those things are real. Those things are important to uh, just find support in and find encouragement in. But I just urge you, don't let that stop you from hearing God's voice and being obedient. 
Because I know for myself, if I'm so focused on my physical health, like if I get sick, I'm the biggest baby in the world. I'm like, I can't do anything. Like someone else needs to come and take care of me. It's like I'm a 40-year-old person still longing for like my mom to take care of me if I'm sick, right? And I could use that as an excuse not to listen to the voice of God. And I don't, like if this theme is going to have the power that I believe it does for us, we don't want anything to get in the way of us hearing the voice of God. We've all been through a lot in the last couple of years, in our own ways, collectively, as a church. It has not been the easiest time. But this passage in Thessalonians helps me see the challenges that we might have in hearing God's voice, but being willing to persevere through them and hear the voice of God, to be willing to go out into the deep water. We've said a lot about listening to the voice of God and how really at its core, listening to the call to the deep water means being obedient to how God is calling us. And when you think about Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, he was undeniably obedient to listening to the voice of God. If you remember, right before he was brought into captivity to be crucified, as he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and praying, we remember that he prayed in the garden. He says, Father, if it is possible for you to take this cup from me, and what he means is, God, if there's another way other than me dying on the cross, because he knows it's going to be difficult, he says, will you take this cup from me? But that's not all he says. What else does he say? He says, but if not, not my will, but yours be done. And as hard as it was for Jesus to be obedient to this incredibly difficult call that God had for him to go and give his life on the cross, though it was not easy, it was so good. And what do I mean by that? It was good for us because of his death on the cross. It meant we could be forgiven of our sins. We could have a relationship with God by putting our faith in him without Jesus's love and sacrifice on the cross. That never would have been possible. And we see the ultimate example of Jesus being obedient to God's voice. So this year's theme, go out into the deep water. It's really about listening to God's voice and being obedient to him. Um, in a moment, we're going to sing a song that we haven't sung in a while. Um, it's a song that I really like, and it talks about, it's, I mean, it's called Oceans. It talks about God leading us out into the water. And as we sing this song this morning, I want to encourage you to at least before we start to sing, I'm going to give us a moment to just pause and silently listen for God's voice. Because I want to end by asking, how is God speaking to us this morning? And again, if, if you've never had the same experience that Peter had where his mother-in-law was healed, or like many of us, where we have seen God work in our lives in the past, and that's what gives us confidence to want to trust in the voice of God, if that's something we've never experienced, it honestly doesn't make that much sense to listen to God's voice. But as we've seen, I can promise you it's worth it. And so I want to give you this time to just for a moment pause and ask, God, how are you speaking to me this morning? Not just for this morning, but also, God, how are you leading me in this coming year? And how can I be obedient? And that's a hard question. But the reason why we're asking it is like Peter, his life was never the same. And I really believe that if we listen to the voice of God and we do what he is calling us to do, our lives will never be the same as well. Amen? If, would you bow your heads as we get ready to sing? Normally, I would close in prayer, but for this morning, I'm just going to give us a chance to ask that question of God. God, would you speak to me in this moment? And to start off our year 
in that way where we might listen for the voice of God and see how we might be able to put his words into practice. After a little while, Enoch will lead us in this song, and when you are ready, please feel free to join in, and then we'll, sing, we'll end our time by singing this song together. But let's take this time to listen to the voice of God. <laughs>